because you know the Lord's been telling us all along, we're in a fight, we're in a battle, and we're going to have to tear it down. You know the word plainly says, and it hit me in prayer this morning, the Lord said the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, to the casting down of imaginations. And when the enemy comes in and sets up strongholds and he puts imaginations in people's hearts, then it takes the Spirit of God to tear it out. And there has been a stronghold built against this word of this kingdom. People's imaginations, they've been uh, taught things that aren't right, they've been told things that aren't right. But you know, Paul said, it's time for God to stop their lying tongues. Paul actually made that statement that it's time for God to stop their lying tongues. And so I started fighting this morning in prayer. And I'm not necessarily wanting religious folks. I'm wanting somebody hungry. God's got to go out there on the street and bring them in. Then so be it. But I want us to go to prayer and I want us to ask the Lord to bring us into a unity. Bind our hearts together in faith. And to put a fight in us to fight for this kingdom. Amen. We need to fight for this kingdom. I mean, Jesus said it himself. He said, the kingdom of heaven suffered violence. The violent will take it by force. You're going to take this by force. You're going to get in prayer and you're going to wrestle. We're going to wrestle this thing out of Satan's hands because he knows if this ever gets broke loose, can't stop it. Amen. Can't stop it. Mighty God, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I beseech you, Lord, that you bring our hearts together. Lord, knit our hearts together in thy love. Bring us together in one mind, one spirit, one heart, for one purpose and one accord. And God, that is to labor in this area for your kingdom to be revealed. God, you didn't send me to Jasper. You didn't send me to Blue Ridge. You didn't send me to Calhoun. You didn't send me to Blairsville. Lord, you called me to come to LJ in the Cardike area. And Lord, this is where we are. Now we need a battle plan. We need to know how to pull down the strongholds of the enemy. Lord, you told me out of Jeremiah, you said that you would root up, pull down, pluck up, and destroy everything that would hinder the working of this kingdom. Now you move, Father. God, in July the 5th, we will have been in this church two years. And it's like the enemy has stayed our hand and held us at bay. But right now, in the name of Jesus, I command a working of the Spirit of God to stand up in your people. You bring our hearts together in a fight and a strength and a wisdom. God, you bring us together in a unity of the Spirit, one mind for one accord. And God, you make us like Paul. Paul said, I fight, but I don't fight as one that beateth the air. But I bring my body under subjection. Lord, you bring us into subjection to the leadership, the working of your Spirit, that your name can be honored and glorified and magnified, and your will can be done. Lord, bring us together, Lord. There's got to be a unity of the Spirit. There's got to be a unity of the Spirit, Lord. God, this burden for this area and this church, Lord, it's got to fall on every member of this congregation that's willing to labor. You let this burden, God, you let this burden, God, fall on the people of this church and you bring their hearts together, Lord. You bring their hearts together for prayer. You bring their hearts together for seeking you. And you put the burden for the souls of this area. 
Lord, you put it on them because right now there's multitudes. God, you said in Joel, there's multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. Lord, people making up their minds which way to go and what to do. They need your help and your leadership. Give us wisdom, O oh God. And let your name be honored, lifted up, and glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. Y'all go ahead and be seated. I appreciate the Lord today. Hallelujah. And I'm glad at what God's doing. And tell you, there was a great working of the Spirit those three nights under the tent and here in the church. And I believe God absolutely, positively has started something because I, I feel a deep, deep working of the Spirit of God. And just a few days ago, I was on my knees praying. Lord woke me up, and I, I heard this in my spirit. And I want y'all to go with me to Psalms, the eighth chapter, and I'm going to get into this here in a few minutes. But I know what God's trying to reveal. It's no mystery to me what God wants to reveal in His people. I know God wants this authority and dominion of this kingdom. And see, when you say authority and dominion, everybody just looks at miracles, they look at signs and wonders. No, the authority and dominion of the kingdom gives you victory over this carnal man. It brings in the victory over this carnal mind. It brings you to that place that you ain't subject to this body of sin no more. This body of sin will become destroyed. That's the authority of the kingdom. See, that's what Jesus wrought. Bible said that he overcame sin in the flesh. He overcame it. How? Through the Spirit of God. He overcame it by that authority and dominion of the kingdom. And that's what, you know, people don't see that in, in the gospel of the kingdom. They just see the healings and miracles. Now, you're given authority and dominion over carnality. And that's what God's trying to get in his people's hearts. Because do we get authority and dominion over our carnality? The authority and dominion of, of Christ over demons and sickness and disease ain't going to abide in us. You can't serve two masters. And that's where people are right now. They're being pulled between the flesh and the spirit. Flesh and the spirit. Flesh and the spirit. Doesn't matter what God does. We walk out them doors like a carnal man takes back over. And you don't. Get your mind or anything working in the Spirit of God till you come back in the house of God the next week. It's wrong. It's got to stop. We've got to have that renewing of the mind. We've got to have that renewing of the mind. And I'm going to get in this word in just a minute, but I, 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 I told LaDana to message you if she's listening uh, on I Am. Do you have I Am? I told her to message you. I don't know if she has or not, but I was going to pray for her. She's she really suffering. She had an operation a few days ago, and they said she's really sick, can't keep nothing down. So I told her, uh, if she had I am you, that, and let me know she's watching, I'd pray the prayer of faith for her. You know, it's time for God's people to fight. Y'all realize that? If we want this kingdom, we're going to fight for it. If we want God to establish church here like he said, that his spirit's going to go out in this area, going to begin to draw souls, we're going to fight for it. I saw people on their knees in this church bombarding the heavens, and I saw the Spirit of God go out of this church and begin to convict people for five miles in every direction. Is God going to do it? Yeah, when we do what he said. I ain't talking about just two or three of us. I'm talking about the body's got to come together, and I'm ready for the body to come together. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Go back there and check my computer. She may not have your number. 
I'll see if she answered me because I, I don't have my phone with me. I went off and left my phone at the trailer. Sometimes you get heavenly minded, you ain't no earthly good. And I just, some, and I start meditating on the Lord, man. I get caught up in things. And I don't know which way to go sometimes and what to do except what the Spirit of God's showing me. So sometimes the Spirit of God gets dealing with me. I don't even need to be driving. Because <laughs> I'll. I will. I'll get caught up in the spirit, man. I won't be paying no attention to what I'm doing. Spirit of God, don't take over sometimes. Hallelujah, man. I appreciate the Lord. I appreciate the Lord and His goodness and His mercy. And you know, there was a lot of lives touched in this homecoming meeting. But for people to follow through, they got to get a relationship in God. Okay. All right. Tell her, tell her we're going to go to prayer for her. Okay. I want y'all to put your hearts together with me. Because she hadn't been able to keep anything down for two days. And they said she got some kind of infection in her kidneys. But I believe God's going to bring that authority of deliverance. He's going to curse it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Tira ansecre istocho ichwa. Tira irando nyanye. I speak the word of the Lord into your body right now. And I command the spirit of healing, the power of the Holy Ghost right now to set down in you. I curse this infection at the root. I dry it up. In the name of Jesus, Holy Ghost, I give you direction. And I command you uh, by the works uh, of God's hands uh, that you drop that infection, you drive that pain out of your body. No, uh, in Jesus' name, from the top of your head to the sole of your feet, uh, Jesus of Nazareth makes you whole. Yeah. Hallelujah. I got a decree it done. Y'all not feel that? Woo! <laughs> Hallelujah. Man, God's good. Thank you, Lord. He's so good to us. But from Psalms, the 8th chapter, and I'm going to go to the second verse, or we'll just go to the third verse. When I consider thy heavens... The work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained. See, God just didn't make them. He ordained them. What is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visiteth him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, and has crowned him with glory and honor. Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. And thou hast put all things under his feet. All sheep, oxen, yea, all the beasts of the field, the fowl of the air, and the fish of the sea. And whatsoever passes through the paths of the sea. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. I can't remember what morning it was. Uh, but anyway, the Lord woke me up and began to deal with me.
And I heard God speak this scripture in my spirit. What is man that thou art mindful of him? So that's the question God put in my spirit. What is man that God has a mind toward him, that God's mindful of him? I mean, here we are, over six billion people on the face of the earth, and there's a handful of people that God's revealing this kingdom to. So what is man? Who are we that God, the creator of all things, who are we that God is mindful of us? I mean, look here what David's saying. I mean, it's a question. What is man? David said, when I see the moon and the stars and everything you put in, things you ordain in the heavens, things your hands created, when I see all this, follow with me. Verse 3. When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars, which thou hast ordained. See, he just didn't create them, he ordained them. I've never seen that before. God just didn't create this, Brother Donald. He ordained them. Before time began, God ordained. Amen? The Bible said, For the foundation of the world was ever laid, Jesus Christ was slain in the foreknowledge of God. Before the foundation of the earth, the word of God was forever settled in heaven. God didn't have to have the earth. His word was forever settled in heaven. So the word of God can't be changed. What God is predestined and foreordained, He's going to do, whether I'm part of it, whether you're part of it, whether we get in on this or not, God's predestined, foreordained it, and He's going to do it. He's going to bring it to pass. Amen? He told Moses in Numbers 23, 19, said, God is not a man that He should lie. Neither the Son of Man said he should repent. Hath he spoken, shall he not do it? Has he not said it? Shall he not surely bring it to pass? So whatever God said, he's going he to bring it to pass. The Word of God cannot revoke or return void. When God speaks something, somewhere it's going to come to pass. Somewhere it's going to happen. And man, God put this in my spirit. What is man? What is man that you care about him? What is man that you're mindful of him? What is man? And God began to deal with me. What's the purpose that I created man? What's the purpose? I mean, here you got the creator of everything. The creator of all things. But yet he cares about us. He's mindful of us. He's mindful of us. Just like that discussion me and you had years ago about creation. See, people think that man was an afterthought about God's creation. No, everything God made in the first five days, He made for man. Everything God made and created in those first five days, Sister Deborah, He made it for me and you. He made this earth and everything in it for our habitation. He made the earth for us to live on. He didn't make the earth and then make man an afterthought. He done all this before he created man. 
And why did he create man? You think, David said, I consider thy works. I consider the heavens that you've created. I consider the moon, the stars. I consider all the planets out there that you've ordained. He said, what is man? And see, what people don't realize is we are the completion of God. We are the completion of God. I didn't get to the Scripture, don't have it marked, but the Bible plainly tells us, and it's talking about an unclean spirit, said, but when an unclean spirit goes out of a man, that spirit will wander through the dry places of the earth because it's not at rest. Do you realize the Spirit of God has to have a body to live in or it's not at rest? Do you understand that the Spirit of God has to have a temple and a tabernacle to dwell in or it's not at rest? The Spirit of God right now is restless. It's restless because it's trying to put together a body for it to dwell in one more time. When God created man in the beginning, He created him. That sixth day He created man. You know, we read in Genesis 1.26, and it says, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. And then let, once we do that, we're going to give him dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fire of the, uh, fowl of the air, over everything creepeth upon the earth. Y'all go with me. Genesis 1.26 and 27. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And let him have dominion and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. So, God created man, but he created him for a specific purpose. Man just wasn't put here for God to have something to do. Man just wasn't an afterthought. Everything God created was to sustain man. It was to sustain man. Because God, in his foreknowledge, knew what man was going to do. Amen? But, as Adam and Eve come together, and they brought forth children. And I'm talking about before they sinned. I'm talking about before Cain and Abel. I'm talking about they brought forth children. God had a body. It wasn't just Adam. He had a body. Are y'all hearing me? God had a body. Just like he's bringing a body together now. Because on that seventh day. And ain't no telling. The time Eve was created. In that sixth day, because that sixth day was a period of a thousand years, they don't tell it how many children had come forth in that sixth day. Y'all getting some revelation today. They don't tell how many children's brought forth in that sixth day, but it said in the seventh day, God rested. Was God tired? Was he weary? No, God wasn't tired and God wasn't weary. The fullness of God stepped into man and lived in man. Every one of them. Because everything Adam and Eve brought forth was in the image and likeness of God because that's what they were created in. They couldn't do anything else. 
When man was created, he was created immortal. He was created eternal, and he was created incorruptible. And he didn't have a mind to sin. He did not have a mind to sin. He was created incorruptible, immortal. Are y'all listening to me? Man ain't like he is now when God created him. Why? Because the fullness of God lived in him. He couldn't corrupt. He couldn't die. Amen? Oh my God, is somebody with me today? <laughs> so all these that Adam brought forth in the image of God, when God rested, he rested in every one of these. He rested in every one of them. And he created a body. And God sanctified the seventh day forever. And said that seventh day is a day of rest. A day when my spirit's going to dwell in the fullness. Well, we don't know how many years went by till man sinned. Could have been hundreds, could have been thousands, could have been millions. We don't know. We don't have no way of knowing. All we know is time started when man sinned. You trace time back, you trace it back to where Adam sinned. That's when time started. Before Adam sinned, there's no record of time. There's no record of time whatsoever before man sinned. So God sat down in man because that was the purpose he created him for, to live in him in the fullness. To let man be his body. That's what man was created for, was to become the body of God. Because God knew what was going to happen, and he chose man a vessel for him to live in so that he could bring forth his power and his authority and his dominion. And God ain't just made us to reveal his glory. He ain't just made us to manifest his glory. He's made us to inherit this, that we can possess it. And it's ours. Are y'all with me? So. Go with me to Job. The seventh chapter. These are scriptures I've never seen. Until I started studying this. Or they've never stood out to me. Going to Job the seventh chapter. In the seventeenth verse. Boy, I tell you, people tuning in on this and today, they're going to get near full. Because people's always looked at Adam as the only one the fullness of God dwelled in. Have y'all always looked at Adam as the only one the fullness of God dwelled in? Couldn't have been. Everything Adam and Eve brought forth had to be in the image and likeness of God because that's what they were created in. Could have been carnal, couldn't have been sinful. Because if it had been, it wouldn't have been in the image and likeness of God. And the Lord told him when he created him, said, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. And look at what Job said in verse 17. What is man that thou should magnify him? And that thou should set thine heart upon them, upon him. What's man? What's man that you should magnify? What's man that you should set your very heart upon him? 
We're frail. We're fallible. We sure ain't got a God nature. Physically, we're frail. In our mind, we're fallible because the carnal mind is taken over. But still, Job said, God has set his heart upon man. What is man that the God that created the heavens and the earth would set his heart upon him? See, God has a purpose for us. God has a purpose for us. And I'm telling you, people not, may not think this word in this church is going anywhere. But somewhere this thing will break out. Man, I feel that creative dominion, authority, authoritative power of God. And I just feel like something's going to move. And this thing's going to break out. Man, it's like something is sitting in here just raring and raging to get turned loose in the earth. That creative dominion power of God, I feel it like it's just caged up in here and it's just roaring and, and rattling the bars of the cage to get turned loose. If it ever gets turned loose, there ain't no stopping it. This kingdom word ever gets turned loose and God begins to create and do notable miracles and begins to convict sin and sinners. People bound by the devil begin to get delivered and set free. There ain't no stopping it. We are headed into a book of Acts move of the Spirit of God that's going to go beyond. And, and is the devil fighting? You better believe he is. Why? He knows if this ever gets turned loose, he's had it. His days are numbered. The Bible plainly tells us he's got but a short time to work. But it seems like every time something comes up, God's people get discouraged. They get beat down. They get upset. They, they want to pull back. And the first thing God's people, uh, their mind does is revert to the carnal. Revert to the natural. When the enemy comes in, mind goes to the spiritual. Mind goes to the fighting God. Mind goes to the strength of the Holy Ghost. Somebody gets sick, somebody gets hurt, mine goes to a miracle, mine goes to healing, mine goes to deliverance, mine goes to what the mighty hand of God can do, not what man can do, because there ain't nothing you can do. We're powerless without the working of the Spirit of God. Because it's not by your power, it's not by your might, but it's by my Spirit, saith God. It's by the Spirit of God. And unless God changes something, you can't change it. Unless the authority and dominion of God of that kingdom comes on you and you speak and you give the Holy Ghost directive, nothing's going to change. I felt the Holy Ghost give me directive this morning. I felt the Spirit of God, not just Brother Matter, but I felt the Spirit of God begin to stand up and fight uh, and go to war. Uh, see, the devil stirred some up now. Uh, he ain't just fighting me. He ain't just fighting you. Uh, he's declared war against the Spirit of God. Uh, he declared war uh, on the Holy Ghost. Uh, and it ain't going to work uh, because greater uh, is he that is in me. And I can do all things through Christ because he strengthens me. I can do nothing in myself. I can do nothing in my own strength. But I can do all things through the Christ. Hallelujah. And I feel the Christ getting stirred up. I feel the man of war. David said, my, my Lord's a man of war. David, I, and I remember one time years ago, I woke up, and I had my hands raised, and I doing my fingers like this. Both hands was up in the air, and I was doing like this. I said, Lord, teach my hands to war. 
and my fingers to fight. And that's what David prayed. He said, teach my hands to war and my fingers to fight. I don't need to know how to use natural weapons. I need to know how to use spiritual weapons for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God. To the pulling down of strongholds, the casting down of imaginations, it's time to come against everything that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bring every thought of disobedience into obedience unto him when every thought is revenged and this disobedience in us is brought into obedience there's nothing to stop this kingdom from being revealed and being brought forth my God let's take hold of this today let's take hold of this let's take hold of what God's doing let this fight get a hold of you because we've got weapons that needs to be proved what does Hebrews 4 say I believe it's Hebrews 4 and 12 that the word of God is more powerful and is sharper than any two edged sword in Paul's day when he wrote this a two edged sword was the most feared weapon that a man could wield because it cut from both edges it'd go this way and it'd cut and it'd come back that way and it'd cut it was the most feared weapon and in the hands of a skilled warrior it was dangerous it's time to get dangerous it's time to get mighty it's time to get authoritative and become skilled in the weapons of our warfare because they're not carnal but they are mighty through God mighty through what? through God to do what? pull down strongholds you better believe the devil's got people bound in strongholds you can't talk to people about the Lord you can't talk to them you can't talk to this generation about the working of the spirit of God and about salvation why? they've been captivated even a lot of God's people Scripture the Lord gave you years ago that the devil taketh captive. Whom he will. At his own pleasure, there's people that will just take them captive. Their eyes can't see, their ears can't hear, their heart can't understand. See, God don't have to have church folks. God don't have to have church folks. When I come in, God pulled me out of the world. Did I have a background? Yeah, I had a background. But I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of people out there that's got praying mamas, praying daddies, praying grandmamas. That's been praying for them for years. Never had an experience with God. You got a generation right now about 34, 35 years and younger. Never had an experience with God. Don't know who God is. They're walking in darkness. They're walking in powers of bondage. They're walking in sin. They're walking in degradation they're walking in depression and discouragement and it's time now for the spirit of God to stand up in us and sit down and begin to deliver this generation but if we don't start praying for these souls we don't start praying for a move of God we don't start tearing down these strongholds getting God to cast down imaginations are y'all with me today it's time to move God it's time to get a burden it's time to get in the heart and begin to seek God because there's multitudes and multitudes out there in the valley of decision what did God tell us uh, several weeks back? He said, prepare war. Wake up the mighty men. Uh, somebody wake up the mighty men. I'm not preaching for something to say. Uh, I'm not preaching for something to do. Uh, the word of the Lord is time to wake up the mighty men. Uh, the word of the Lord has come to us. Uh, it's time to prepare war. Uh, it's time to prepare war. People are bound. Uh, people are sick. People are diseased. Uh, God ain't just going to step in and deliver them. Uh, he's got to have a body. He's got to have a vessel. Uh, to work through what is man that God is mindful of him man is his body man is the vessel he's chosen to manifest himself through 
He just didn't pick us up, set us down here to show us He could create something. We're the completion of God. We're the completion of God. Paul talked about the Lord perfecting a work in us. He talked about Him bringing it to completion. And Job here, in Job 7 and 17, says, What is man that thou should magnify him, and that thou should set us the heart upon him, and as thou should visit him every morning? I've never seen these scriptures before. But then he turned around and said, And try him every moment. Job said, Lord, I love you because you visit me every morning. But then you weren't turn around and try me every moment to see if I'm going to be worthy for your glory to be magnified in. What is man? It's God's creation. It's the vessel, the, the vehicle God chose to manifest himself through. And it ain't just one man. Just like it wasn't one man in the beginning. Yeah, Adam was the son of God, but he birthed and produced and brought forth many sons. Just like Jesus is going to birth and produce by His Spirit, He's going to bring many sons to glory. He's going to bring many sons to this fullness of the Godhead dwelling bodily. Has He done it yet? No. But He's preparing a body to visit. Because, see, God sanctified the seventh day. And from the time sin come in until where we're at right now has been over 6,000 years. We're coming to the end of that sixth day. And once that seventh day begins to dawn and begins to come in, God's got to have a body to live in. God's got to have a body again, not just one man. He got, he got Jesus. That's the one man that the fullness of God dwells in bodily right now. And he's fixing to bring many sons to glory. He's fixing to birth and bring many sons to glory because it's predestined and foreordained that we should be conformed to the image of His Son. Amen? Go with me to Romans 8. I don't have a lot of these scriptures in here, but I appreciate the Lord the way I'm telling you, God's talking to us today. God is definitely talking to us, and I hope we can hear what He's saying. I do. I hope, I hope we can hear. I know it's Romans the 8th chapter, and I believe it's the... Well, we just do verse 28. Because people seem to forget, no matter what you go through, that all things work together. Romans 8 and 28. And we know that all things work together for good. To them that love God, to them who are the called, according to His purpose. It ain't according to your purpose. It ain't according to how you want to live your life. It ain't according to what you want to accomplish. When you become God's property, you're His property. And He has a divine purpose for you. Amen? Everybody in this church today and, and a lot of people hearing this word, God has a divine purpose for us. He created us for His purpose. He didn't create us to live our lives the way we want to. He didn't create us to go out here and have a good life and, and get married and raise up sons and daughters and make a name for ourselves. That ain't what God created us for. It says He created us for His purpose to them that are the called according to his purpose according to his purpose God don't care what your purpose is he don't care how you want to live your life he don't care what you've accomplished because if you ain't accomplished it according to his purpose it's vain anyhow 
And you stop and think over six billion people in the earth. And God is mindful of a few that he's revealing this word to. I can't tell you how many people God's revealing this word to, you, to but I can tell you it ain't a large number. Because if it is a large number, you'd see something changing. You'd see something changing. For whom he did foreknow. Now y'all listen to me. God foreknew you before he ever formed you in your mother's womb. That's what he told Jeremiah. You read Jeremiah the first chapter. And see, people don't believe this. There's people that did not just come together or, or happen because mom and daddy come together. And I know what the Lord told me back in 89. And I'll get to that here in just a minute. I won't get Jeremiah. Hell, I know it's in my Bible somewhere. Y'all bear with me. Jeremiah, the first chapter, fourth verse. Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew you. In other words, you were foreknown. Y'all following me? You with me? Can you hear me now? <laughs> Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. Or he said, I set you apart for a purpose. Word sanctified means to be set apart. It means you ain't like everything and everybody else. You know, I always wondered why for years when I was growing up, I never fit in. I couldn't fit in. I like a Deborah, I'd like a round peg in a square hole. I couldn't fit in with my friends. I couldn't go out and do what they'd done. They'd want to go out and... I was raised in the LSD generation. I was raised in the 60s. I was raised in the hippie generation. I couldn't be a hippie. I couldn't grow my hair long. I couldn't take drugs. I couldn't go out and get blind running drunk. I mean, I had friends. I, uh, our high school was so sophisticated, we had fraternities and sororities in our high school. That's pretty snooty. But I would never pick for one because I didn't conform to their image. I didn't want to do the stuff they'd done. Had no desire. There was something inside of me that feared God and loved God. And from the time I was seven years old, I wanted to be an evangelist that go throughout the world and reach thousands and have gifts of healings and miracles and deliverance. That's all I wanted to do from the time I was seven years old. I didn't care about being famous. didn't care about being president, being a fireman, being a sports figure. Didn't care about all that. I cared about preaching the gospel and bringing healing and deliverance to people. Ever since I was seven years old, I felt the call of God on my life. And I've never fit in this world. I've never fit in this world. Who was it Peter said? We're, we're pil pilgrims and strangers passing through. I'm passing through. I don't belong to this world. I may be in this world, but I sure ain't of it. Because I've never had a desire for it. Never had a desire to do the things of the world. Couldn't run with my friends in high school. Couldn't go out and do the things. They'd done. There was something in me I didn't want to. Does that make me better than them? No, I just didn't have the want to. I wanted to serve God. I wanted to do what I felt like God had called me to do and I didn't know how to do it. 
I went through all my life, my teenage years growing up. I didn't understand what my call was. Didn't understand what my purpose was. Sometimes I'm still not sure exactly the purpose God's put in my life. But I'm finding out. I'm finding out. And you know, I was praying this morning. It started coming back to me that somebody called me back in early 2015 when I was going through all the physical hardship. And God just set me down, set me still. And they called and said, Lord spoke to him and said, where's Brother Matter? So he'd been off the scene. Nobody's heard him, nobody's seen him, nobody's heard from him. It's just like, Brother Matter's been off the scene. And that's just about what it is up here. I've just about been off the scene. I don't have a burden to go visit churches, don't have a burden to go anywhere, do anything. But I know something's about to break in the Spirit of God. Something about to break and come forth because it's not my power. It's not my might. If there could have been a church built in the natural in Fort Payne, Brother Michael Harris would have built it. Because he's got out there, he's visited, he's called, he's fellowship, he's done everything he knows to do to try to get people in that church. Nothing. 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 Witnessed, talked to people, prayed with them, prayed for them. Nothing. You know why? Except God build the house. Except God build the house. They don't do any good to have a church full of people that don't understand the word of this kingdom and me trying to preach it and you trying to understand it when you got a lot of people don't believe. God's got to draw hungry hearts. God's got to draw hungry souls. And except God to build a house, it ain't going to get built. Except God build his house, it can't be established. Except you establish people on these mysteries of God and on the foundation of the apostle and prophets. Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. What was Jesus Christ? He was the chief cornerstone. What was the chief cornerstone? The gospel of the kingdom. The gospel of the kingdom. A gospel of power, authority, dominion over sickness, over disease, over devils, over the carnal man. We need to get that in our spirit. The kingdom of God brings in victory over the carnal man. I don't think people's ever got that in their spirit. Total victory over your Chucky, over your Chuckette. Because this body of sin, for Christ to live, this body of sin has got to be destroyed. Christ didn't live. Y'all hearing me? Christ was not manifest and brought forth until the carnal man was totally destroyed. Until the carnal mortal man was totally destroyed, the fullness of Christ could not live. Oh, it lived in him in an earnest. It lived in him in a measure. But it couldn't come in the fullness. And now that he's conquered it, now that he's destroyed it, and now that he's going to send his spirit back to live in us, everything that he conquered, everything that he destroyed, every trial he went through, all the wisdom, all the knowledge, all the understanding, all the strength, every demon he fought and conquered, it's going to come in right here because it's going to come in with the working of that spirit. Going to come in with the working of that spirit. We ain't got time to do all this. We ain't got time to live 30, 40 years, 33 years and get the wisdom and the knowledge and the understanding, the power, authority over demons that he got. It's going to come in with him. It's going to come in with him. The wisdom, everything's going to come in with him. Why? Because the Lord told me uh, in 2013 uh, that the fullness of the resurrected power of Christ uh, and it was mixed uh, with the humanity of man. This is the Holy Ghost he's sending back. Uh, this is the Holy Ghost he's sending back in me and you. Not 
just the resurrected power of Christ, but the humanity, the compassion, the mercy, the wisdom, the understanding that Jesus, the man Jesus, for there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and me and the man Christ Jesus. It's that man Christ Jesus. It's that man and that God mixed. It's that humanity, that man and that fullness of that resurrected Christ going to step down and going to take its abode in us. We can't do it in the humanity of man and we can't do it in the resurrected power of Christ. It's got to be mixed. It's got to be the balance. It's got to be the two that was made one. Are you hearing me? It's got to be the twain. It's got to be the humanity of man and the full resurrected power of God that has become one. Woo! Hallelujah. He told Jeremiah, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee and ordained thee a prophet. In other words, before you come forth, you was already called. You was already ordained. You already had a purpose. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Amen. Before he formed you in the womb, he knew you. Go with me to the Gospel of John, the first chapter. I guess the Lord's got a purpose for this coming out today like it's coming out. Because I'm going to tell you, there's, there's people out there just like I was. They ain't never fit in this world. Y'all hear me? Try as you may, you ain't never fit in this world. Can't fit in this world. Amen? I ain't of this world. Never been of this world. Y'all may not understand that, but I'm not of this world. I'm predestined and foreordained. Verse 10, the Gospel of John, first chapter. I want y'all to follow me real close. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power. That word power right there means the ability, wisdom, understanding. He gave them power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Y'all listen to verse 13. It says, which were born. It's not talking about Jesus. Which were is plural. If it had been talking about Jesus, it would have said who is or who was. Born, not of blood, not of the will of flesh, not of the will of man, but of God. God told me in 1989, he said, your mama didn't have a boy because she had three girls and she was praying for a boy. He said, I placed you, I formed you in your mama's womb because it was my divine will for you to come forth at that time. He said, I told your mama what to name you. You know, I used to stand up and joke. And you go back up to verse 6, and it says, And there was a man sent from God whose name was John. I used to tell people, I said, That's me. That's me. That's what made that devil so mad over on the tent in Calhoun back in 98. I walked out there and I said, I wrote about in the Bible. The Bible said there was a man sent from God whose name was John. I said, That's me. Made that devil of religious spirit so mad. But that's what the Lord told me. He said, I formed you. 
in your mama's womb and you are predestined and ordained to become a son of God in these last days. He said, you, didn't, you wasn't born by the will of flesh. You wasn't born by blood. He said, you was born by my will. What did he tell Jeremiah? Before I formed thee in thy mother's womb, I knew thee. God foreknew every called and chosen, every chosen vessel of God. God, God foreknew them. God foreknew them. And my wife kept telling me, she said, you need to clarify what you're saying. People are going to think you was conceived like Jesus, immaculate conception. I said, no, that ain't what I'm saying. She said, well, that's what it sounds like. And she didn't understand this for years. But when the Lord visited her in Fort Payne, she said, now I'm beginning to understand what you're saying. I'm beginning to understand now how the Lord formed you. But see, before he formed me, he knew me. I was in his knowledge. I was in his predestination. I just didn't come into the world. I was predestined and foreordained. Y'all hear me? Some of y'all are predestined and foreordained. Some of you listening to me are predestined and foreordained. You won't never fit in this world. You may have joys in this world. You may have things that you accomplish in this world. But until you find that place in God that you come to the knowledge of that calling and you come to the understanding of His purpose and you begin to fulfill it, you ain't never going to fit. You're going to be like a fish out of water. going to be like a round peg in a square hole. There's nothing you can do about it. Why? You ain't of this world. You ain't of this world. Romans 8 and 29, for whom he did foreknow. He said, Jeremiah, I foreknew you. He told me in 1989, he said, I foreknew you. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. And that ain't talking about the image of the son of man. That's talking about the image of the son of God. He said, I foreknew you. And I predestined, I ordained it before time ever began. That you would be conformed to the image of his son. Does that mean you just automatically going to do it? No. You're going to fight for this. The Lord told me, he said, I put you on this earth to become a son of God. He said, but it's up to you to do it. He said, I didn't put you here to be a daddy. I didn't put you here to be a husband. He said, that was your decision. He said, the only thing I put you on this earth to do was to possess sons of God ministry. He said, everything you do, like deciding to marry, having kids, he said, Things like that. He said, things you do in the natural, that's your decisions. He said, I put you here for one purpose. I put you here to be a vessel that the fullness of my son somewhere would live in you. And you would be conformed to the image. See, God's people's minds are not. It's like the Lord spoke to me two or three weeks back when I was on my knees in prayer. He said that this mind which was in Christ Jesus may be also in you. That being in the form of God, he had that nature, that word form means nature. He, he received that nature of God. He had that nature of God. He had that mind. He knew what he was called to do. But yet he still had the form of a servant. He still had that nature of that carnal man he had to battle against. Had the form of God. 
had the nature of God, thought it not robbery. Says Deborah, he didn't think nothing about being made equal to his father. He didn't think nothing about it. He didn't think it was robbery. He didn't think he'd doing anything wrong. But all the religious leaders told him, you can't do that. I've heard it all my life. You can't do that. I said, yeah, I can. No, you can't. Why does the Scripture tell me I can? Well, that ain't what it meant. What did it mean? We're not sure what it meant, but it don't mean the way you interpret it. I said, well, if God didn't mean what he said, why didn't he say what he meant? Well, there wasn't one perfect man, Brother Metter. Now with Jesus, nobody else can be perfect. That ain't what my Bible says. My Bible says in Matthew 5, Be thou therefore perfect, even as thy Father which is in heaven is perfect. Luke 6 and 40 said, The disciple is not above his master, but he that is perfect shall be as his master. Don't tell me Paul said in Hebrews 6, Let us go on unto perfection. 1 Corinthians 1 and 13 says, When thou which is perfect is come. It was after Jesus had already come. Paul was talking about a maturity and a completion. He's talking about that which the Lord has started. He will perfect it. He will complete it. I want to see the perfect work. I want to see the complete work of Christ. I don't want to stop in the middle of this thing. I don't want them to stop in the middle of production and cancel this model. I want to see this thing to completion. Because I've been predestined and foreordained to be conformed to the image of His Son. That's what God created us for. That's what He placed us here for. That's what He placed us here for. Amen. For whom He did foreknow, He also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brothers. See, He was the firstborn. He was the firstborn. When the Lord resurrected His soul, y'all look at me like that. Go right back to verse 11. Romans 8, verse 11. But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, that's the, that's the physical body. Amen. Jesus was just like we are, children. He was a tabernacle. He was a tabernacle created for the fullness of God to dwell in. He ain't no different than we were. He was born of a woman, made under the law, made of a woman, brought forth. The word in Galatians 4 was that when the fullness of time was come, in other words, when that time came, when the fullness of that time was come for God to fulfill His Word, God brought forth His Son, sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law. You're like us, just Deborah. He formed. The Holy Ghost formed Him in Mary's womb. The Holy Ghost formed Jeremiah in His mother's womb. All us predestined and foreordained, the Holy Ghost formed us in our mama's womb. Man, I hope I'm gaining some ground today. <laughs> Because this is a little deeper than what people get preached to. <laughs> but it's meat. Amen. It's meat. Hallelujah. But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus, the body from the dead, 
dwell in you, he that raised up Christ. Christ is the anointing. Christ is the Spirit. He that raised up Christ from the dead, where was the soul of Jesus at this time? Where was the soul of Jesus at this time? Nobody knows. He was in hell. He had paid for my sins and your sins. His soul had become an offering for sin. And after all the sins that was put on him at Calvary had been paid for. Because he took all them sins straight to the pits of hell. And the devils tormented him for two days and two nights. Can't you see the devil looking at him? Uh, uh, son of God, what happened? Messed up, boy. All them demons he'd cast out in him three years, three and a half years. All them demons were standing there tormenting him. Uh-huh. <laughs> Said the horrors of hell come past me. The sorrows of death come past me. The horrors of hell. And you can't get people to understand this. You know what? They don't want to understand it. They think you put Jesus on that cross and you talk about his soul. They think you're taking away his deity. They think you're taking... No, that's where he gained his glory. That's where he paid the price. Oh, he resurrected with the keys of death and hell. Yeah, but how? Just because he died a physical death don't mean the Lord just handed him the keys of hell and death. The Bible said he destroyed Satan. He that had power of death, even the devil, he destroyed him. For this purpose was the Son of God manifest, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Until Jesus came and died and done what he done, there was no eternal life for man. Man feared where he was going. There was nothing preached under the law to give man hope. When Jesus came, he came with hope of eternal life. All men knew their soul was going to live eternal somewhere. But he didn't have this hope. But he came and gave them this hope. He came and gave them this gospel of the kingdom. He came and destroyed him that had power of spiritual death, even the devil. Hebrews 2, 14, 15, and 16 tells you he came and destroyed him that had power of death. He didn't come in the likeness of angels. He came made in the seed of Abraham. He came just like me and you. And he conquered Satan as a man. He conquered sin. He abolished sin in the flesh. But then when he died, Isaiah 53, and I believe it's 10, said his soul was made an offering for sin. And he went to hell and he suffered. Paid for our sins. But once our sins was paid for, <laughs> the Spirit of God stepped in him. And the Christ was resurrected. The Christ was reborn. He went from a living soul to a quickening spirit. He went from a living soul to a quickening spirit. And a quickening spirit is not subject to carnality. It's not subject to the law of sin and death. Are y'all listening to me? It's not subject to it. The Bible said first man Adam was made a living soul. Second man Adam was made a living spirit. A quickening spirit. When? When he was born again. According to Acts 13, he was born again. He was raised from the dead. When he was raised from the dead, the Lord spoke and said, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. He birthed him. He brought him forth. I said he birthed him. Brother Matter, ain't nobody going to want to undo this gospel. Oh, yes, somebody is. Somebody is. Somebody going to get delivered. Somebody going to get set free. Somebody coming out of bondage of drugs, depression, alcohol, sickness, and disease. Somebody going to believe this gospel. I remember when the devil spoke to me when I was going through all that in my physical body. 
And I heard that chill voice of Satan. I ain't heard it very many times, but I heard it audible. It spoke right there in that ear, and I heard it, and it sent a chill through my soul. He said, ain't nobody going to believe what you're preaching. I thought for a couple of minutes, and I said, too late, devil. Somebody already does. And there's going to be more. You know why? This gives you authority. This gives you power. This gives you dominion. This levels the playing field. Jesus became as we are so that we can become as he is. If you don't believe he became as you are, you'll never believe you can become as he is because he's, he's set up high. The Bible said he made him a little lower than the angels and crowned him with death. Made him lower than the angels. Jesus wasn't lower than the angels. The word wasn't lower than the angels when it was in heaven. But when the word become flesh, it was made lower than the angels. It was made just like me and you. In the body of sinful flesh, he became a little lower than the angels for the crowning of death. Hallelujah. Go with me to Hebrews. See, I think it's the second chapter is what I'm looking for. And tell you what, the devil don't like this kind of word. Oh, I didn't even know this was here. Look at this. Hebrews 2. Hmm. In verse 6. But one in a certain place testified, saying, What is man? That thou art mindful of him, or the son of man, that thou visited him. Thou madest him a little lower than the angels. Thou crownest him with glory and honor. And did set him over the works of thy hands. I has put all things in subjection under his feet. For in the he had put all in subjection under his feet. He left nothing that is not put under him. But now we see not yet all things put under subjections. But we see Jesus. Who was made a little lower than the angels. For the suffering of death crowned with glory and honor. That he by the grace of God should taste death. For every man. The only death Jesus could have tasted for every man was hell. Spiritual death. Because the Lord don't tarry, all of us going to taste a natural death. Somewhere all of us going to taste a natural death if the Lord don't tarry. So it wasn't natural death that he tasted of. He tasted of spiritual death so me and you wouldn't have to go there. Y'all see this? He was made a little lower than the angels. That the Lord could crown him with this honor and this glory. And then, when he done this, all things was then put under his feet because Satan was destroyed. Amen. Over here it says, we see not yet all things put under his feet. But when he went through this, destroyed him that had power of death. Hebrews 2, 14, for as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also likewise took part of the same that he through death might destroy him that had power of death even that is the devil and delivered them who the fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage see people feared death up till jesus came they didn't know where their soul was going they knew if they kept the law and lived the best they could they believed they were going to have a reward with god but there was no eternal life preached 
There is no eternal destiny of the soul preached. Are y'all listening to me? There was no eternal life till Jesus came. The law came by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Amen. People didn't know where their soul was going. They feared death. All their lifetime, men were subject to bondage. And the devil had control of spiritual death. When Adam sinned, he gave the devil control of spiritual death. Because Adam was eternal. But once he sinned, he brought sin through the whole body of Christ. He brought sin through that whole body of sons that he had brought forth. He brought sin. He brought that sin nature in, that carnal mind, that enmity come in. And God put that enmity between God and man. He put that enmity in there. He put that enmity between God's seed and man's seed. He put that enmity in there. Y'all following with me? He put that enmity in there. And that's what brought the carnal mind in. But Adam, till he sinned, he was eternal. He was immortal. He was uncorruptible. But when he sinned, that's why the Lord blocked the way to the tree of life in the paradise of God. So, because he said, unless man now partake of this, he still had the opportunity to partake of it. Still had the opportunity to partake of eternal life. Said, lest he eat of the tree of life and live forever. God was not going to allow carnality in a, car, in a man that was becoming carnal. I don't believe Adam all at once become carnal. I don't believe he all at once come sinful. But I believe it was a progress. I believe it was a process. Just like we can't just all of a sudden become spiritual. It's a process. It goes the other way. But God blocked it. Put that cherubim with that flaming sword turned every way. But now... Since he blocked that way, Hebrews said he's made a new and a living way. He's made a new and a living way that's going to bring us into the Holy of Holies. Hallelujah. Man, I appreciate the Lord. Verse 16, for he took not on him, for verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. Wherefore in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. See, people preach repentance. They preach baptism for repentance. They preach salvation. But it says right here that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest to make reconciliation. Reconciliation means to be restored back to God. So he reconciled man back to God to put him back in the place God created him by his sacrifice. He just didn't forgive sin. He just didn't die to forgive sin. The Bible says right there that he might make a reconciliation. He came with a ministry of reconciliation. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians, God was in Christ reconciling and restoring man back to himself. Man was created for God to dwell in in the fullness. And now we're being reconciled back to that place God created us in. But we've got to get this mind. And we've got to go after this. We've got to realize we've got a purpose. Sister Deborah, your purpose ain't just to be Brother Donald's wife. You've got a purpose in God. His purpose ain't just to be your husband. It ain't just to be Justin and Josh's mom and dad. That ain't your purpose. Your purpose is to be reconciled back to God and come to that mindset that that mind that was in Christ Jesus can be also in you. And you got a purpose. You're going to be conformed to his image. You're going to put on the Christ. You're going to put on his mind. You're going to put on his nature. You're going to put on his spirit. 
And you're going to be an instrument God's going to use to help a lot of people in these last days. But see, we've got to come to this mindset. God's people don't have this mindset. They aren't seeking for when they need to be seeking for. We walk out of this service where this glory's come down, this word's been revealed, and it's like something just grabs our minds. And we'll walk right back under that carnal mind and we stay under it because we've got to deal with things in the natural. Jesus had to deal with things in the natural. He was a carpenter. When his supposed earthly father died, and nobody knows about when he died, but the responsibility of the family fell on Jesus. He was a carpenter. The Bible said he was a carpenter. Didn't you say he was a carpenter, son? said he was a carpenter. He labored in a trade. He had responsibilities in the natural. He had to deal with people in the natural. He probably had to deal with some Chuckies. <laughs> probably had to deal with some Chuckettas. Probably had to deal with some bad spirits. But yet... He was that vessel that God had predestined for, ordained to manifest himself through. Knew what his purpose was. Knew what his calling was. When he was in the temple at 12 years old, he was hearing the scribes and he was answering them. They were astounded at his wisdom. But he, he, he knew what his purpose was. And, he, and when Mary and Joseph spoke to him, he said, why have you dealt with us thus? Man, we've sought you for three days. We've been worried to death about you. Thought something had happened to you. He just looked at him and said, How is it that you do not understand that I must be about my father's business? He knew. He knew he had that knowledge of what God had sent him to do. That's the reason when he knelt in that garden, he knew what was fixing to happen. He knew he was fixing to go to that cross. He knew he was fixing to suffer physically, but he knew his soul was going to go to hell without the Father. That's why he prayed so hard and agonized so much that the Bible said his sweat became his great drops of blood. He knew he was fixing to be without his Father for the first time in his life. He's fixing to be in the enemy's hands for those two and a half days. But when that soul went to hell, he focused his mind on the Word, he focused his mind on the Father, he focused his mind on prayer, and he didn't pay no attention to what was around him because if he had ever lost hope, he would never come out. He put his hope in God. He said, because the word has been spoken, thou will not leave my soul in hell, neither will I suffer thy holy one to see corruption. He said, by this word right here, he said, my flesh is going to rest in hope. He said, I can lay down my life at peace because I know God, your word says, Thou will not leave my soul in hell, neither will I. You ain't going to leave me there long enough for my body to start corrupting. You're going to bring me out. That's what gave him the peace. He said, my flesh shall rest in hope. I got peace. And God's bringing me out. Hallelujah. And God has predestined and chosen us. This is why God created man. This is why God has created us. And he's formed us. And we've been predestinated for his image. His likeness to put him on. Hallelujah. And I know just as well as I know what my name is. When I go back and listen to that prophecy that I spoke to Christopher on February the 24th, 2016. God said that Whitney would conceive and bring forth a son. And this will be the sign that the sons of God ministry will be brought forth in the earth. It's exactly what it said. It said be the sign that the sons of God, the manifested sons of God ministry will be brought forth in the earth. Devil tried to kill that boy before he was born. Tried to kill him when he's being born. Tried to kill him after his birth. Couldn't do it. 
Word of God. Word of God. Amen. He's come forth. He's come forth. Fighting and a scrapping and a kicking and a screaming every step of the way. And that's what we're going to have to do in the spirit. We're going to have to lay hold on this. Because the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. But they are mighty through God. To the pulling down of strongholds and the casting down of imaginations. Amen. Second Corinthians 10th chapter. I appreciate the Lord for this word today. Better make a choice. You won't be a part of this. You know, the enemy don't just mess people up like that. He starts planting them thoughts in people's minds. You know, the Lord showed me a long time ago. And if you look at any nature films, the Lord said, Your adversary, the devil, walketh about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Watch any nature film. One lion don't hunt. It's five or six of them. Seven, eight of them. What they do, they focus on their prey. And then at a time, they separate it from the protection of the flock, from the herd. They separate it. They drive it into a trap. One or two may attack, but they run it in a direction. They got four or five waiting on it. So when the devil starts in on you, you may not see the direction that the enemy's trying to take you, but if you ain't careful... Your adversary, the devil, will. Because you got to have the strength one of another. we got to pray one of another. we got to come together. Amen. We're always going to have problems in the natural. Jesus had problems in the natural. You think the brothers and sisters he had between Joseph and Mary, while they come out to see him one time, because they thought he was mad. <laughs> what the word says, they thought he was mad. They come out and said he's mad. They went out to take hold of him. They told Jesus, said, Brothers and sisters, your mama's out here want to see you. He looked around and he said, Who are my brothers and sisters? He said, These that do the will of God. He said, These are my, This is my mother. This is my brothers and sisters. Those that do the will of God. Because they come out and lay hell on him. They said, My God, he's mad. He's lost his mind. You think he didn't have upsetness with his siblings? Just like all of us did. Sure, he had upsetness with them. Probably had conflicts with them. Had problems in the natural. We all going to have problems. That's why Paul talked to people about marriage. He said, man, he said, you, you, you men, you women that are called of God, he said, you better abide as I do and stay by yourself. He said, because I'm telling you, you're going to have trouble in the flesh. He said, but I spare you. He said, you lose from a wife, don't seek one. You bound to a wife, don't seek to be loosed. But if you lose from one, don't seek to have one. He said, because all of these things cause trouble in the flesh. And we know that's right. We know natural responsibilities bring troubles. But you also have got to be wise as a serpent, harmless as a dove. You've you got to be able to see how the enemy's going to try to head you off. Amen. You've got to be able to see it. Because if you don't, the enemy will lead you into a trap. He'll work you into a trap. And you won't know you're in a trap until he's done sprung it. Amen. Verse 3, 2 Corinthians 10. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not walk after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare 
are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations in every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Because I'm going to tell you something when you start. For the word to work, there's a spirit to tell you the word of God ain't going to work for you. It'll exalt itself against the knowledge of God tell you it ain't going to work for you. Amen. It'll tell you it ain't going to work for you. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. That's where the scripture that Paul talked about comes in. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. We wrestle against principalities and powers of the air. We wrestle against spiritual wickedness in high places. We wrestle against the rulers of darkness of this world. That's what this talking about right here. We wrestle against all these forces Paul saw in Ephesians 6. We wrestle against these things. We war against them. Because every one of them is going to exalt itself to keep you from laying hold of what God's got for you. And it will tell you the word of God won't work. It will tell you God will never move for you. God will never fight for you. God will never heal you. God will never deliver you. It will exalt itself against the very knowledge of God. But if you'll yield to the working of the Spirit of God, this that exalt itself against the knowledge of God, it'll bring into every, it'll bring into every thought captivity to the obedience of Christ and having in a readiness to reveal all or revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. When you begin to become obedient to the Lord, it'll revenge all this disobedience that's in your carnality because it'll bring you into the working of the Spirit of God. Do you appreciate the Lord today? I appreciate the Lord today. And I appreciate what God's telling us, how God's talking to us, what He's revealing to us. Is it on? Thank you, Lord. Now pray this word went out good. Because it's powerful. How many of y'all believe this word is powerful? Thank you, Lord. Give me a little bit of volume. How many of y'all believe this word is powerful? If you'll take this word and begin to apply it to your life, I know the Lord will reveal itself. Because we got a purpose. Before the Lord knew, uh, before the Lord formed us in our mama's belly, He knew us. He told Jeremiah, He said, "Before you was birthed, He said, I'd sanctify you and set you apart. Had a purpose for you." There's people. It's not everybody, but there are people God's got a purpose for. And I believe everybody hearing and understanding this word, God's got a purpose for us. Amen. Will you go to prayer with me? Let's ask God to put this word in our heart. Father, I thank you for this word. And I thank you for the revealing. God, I thank you for the revealing of the Christ, the mind of Christ. God, this spoken word you're revealing to us. Lord, how you spoke to me the other morning said, what is man? Man has a purpose, Lord. He has a purpose. We have a purpose you've created us for. Yet you created the heavens, you created the earth, you created everything therein. But Lord, you've done it for us. You've done it to give us a habitation. And Lord, now it's time to reclaim the earth. It's time to take the authority 
Lord, you said the silver's yours, the gold's yours, the hills, the cattle. God, everything belongs to you, but it was given into Satan's hand. But Jesus, you came. You destroyed Satan's hold. And it's time for us to be reconciled. It's time for us to take our authority and our place in you back, Father. Let it be that your name be honored, lifted up and glorified. In Jesus' name, we give you praise. We give you honor and glory. Let this word sink down in our hearts. Let it find good ground. We give you honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. I appreciate this word today. I hope we can get a hold of our hearts and we'll get some fight. Because I'm going to tell you, Fort Payne started out the same way. Preached many a Friday and Saturday night to four, five, six. But God knew what he was doing. He was planting that seed. How I many of y'all appreciate the Lord planting that seed? What is man? Who are we that God's mindful of us? God cares about us. I mean, look at the word God's revealed today. A lot of it we knew, but some of it we didn't know. I never seen those kids of Adam and Eve be a body that God lived in throughout the earth. Everywhere God sent them, they went forth in the image, likeness of God. Went forth in the mind. Amen. Went forth in the mind. Why? They didn't have no other nature but the image of God. Because it was created in his image and everything. Adam and Eve. You'll you read in Genesis 5, I believe it is, when Adam brought forth Seth. He said, now I have a son in my image and in my likeness. Because all that nature of God had been purged out of him and he was carnal man. Ain't that a shame that he went from the fullness of God dwelling in him, had dominion over everything, could speak to anything in God's creation, and it was subject to him to being bound by carnality. Man, that's a shame. See, God's doing us just the reverse. We're bound by carnality, and we're going to put on the fullness of God. Hallelujah. Appreciate the Lord today. I appreciate him. I'm going to go ahead and receive the offering. If anybody needs prayer, come on, I'll pray for you. But I'm going to tell you, this is some of the greatest word I've ever ministered. And somewhere we're going to break through this force and this power that's trying to stop this word. We're going to break through this financial force. I told the Lord the other day, I ain't never felt like I was bound down financially, spiritually, physically. But I know it's because God's standing still for a purpose. But i got to find what that purpose is, and i got to get a breakthrough. Because I feel this thing raging in my spirit, ready to get turned loose. And if the Spirit of God in me ever starts speaking, ever starts prophesying, ever starts being revealed, God's going to hurt some folks. I know it. I can feel it. I can feel it. Because Paul plainly said, he said, their lying tongues have got to be stopped. you got to stop these lying mouths, Lord. Causing all this division, upsetting you got to stop it. I'm ready to see God do some stopping. I want this kingdom to be brought forth. You know, everything out there right now spiritually, there ain't nothing in order. There ain't nothing in God's order. Everybody just doing their own thing, doing what they want to do. Going here, going there, preaching this, preaching that. Just doing everything they want to do. Amen. Thank you. God bless you. I appreciate the Lord today. Does anybody need prayer? All right, well, I'm just going to go ahead and 
All hearts and minds clear. Y'all appreciate this word God spoke to us today. My God, what a word. What a word. What a revelation. God just keeps astounding me. Amen. God just keeps astounding me. And now he's putting together another body of Christ, just like he did in the beginning. <laughs> what God done once, he's he, he doing it again. Father, I thank you for this offering, Lord, for the people that's going to fight for this kingdom. God, that's standing with us. Lord, I'm asking you to draw souls. This is your kingdom, Lord. Lord, it's out of my hands. There's nothing I can do. God, you know it frustrates and vexes my flesh. And maybe that's what you're trying to do is purge this and put patience in me. But God, I feel such an authority and a power fixing to just explode in my spirit. Bring us forth, Lord. Bring me forth in your image and in your likeness. God, let this body of sin be destroyed. I thank you for your word. Thank you for the working of your spirit. Let your name be honored and glorified and give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to understand. I give you honor for the glory you're revealing and the word you're revealing. In Jesus' name, amen.